Hello and a warm welcome to episode two of the Happy People Happy Farm podcast, hosted by me, Paul Harris, the Managing Director and Founder of Real Success Limited, an industry-leading people consultancy focused on the agricultural sector. In this second episode, I'm interviewed by Emma Shaw from the rebelyellclub.com. Emma works closely with Real Success and heads up our team of associates called Real Success Partners. We felt in this second episode it was important that you, the listener, understand what Real Success is trying to achieve and what focusing on your people can achieve for your business. In this unscripted and unrehearsed interview, Emma digs deep into what drives me to help the agricultural industry and how we help you to develop a farm where people enjoy working with you and hopefully stay with you. There's lots of tips for you to pick up along the way, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And remember, happy people mean a happy farm. So welcome. This is episode two of Happy People, Happy Farm podcast. Uh, And this time we're on video as well, so as well as the audio. And I'm delighted, as said in the introduction, that I've got Emma Shaw here from Rebel Yell, who's going to be interviewing me. You can find all about Emma, uh, Emma Shaw, at rebelyellclub.com on the internet. Check it out if you want to. But uh, Emma's here because she works very closely with me at Real Success uh, and helps me to manage and lead the team of Real Success partners partners that we have. So she knows a lot about the company and a fair bit about me as well. So welcome, Emma. Great to have you here. And to uh, I'm not too sure what's going to happen next, but I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to being interviewed. You want to just say hello? Hello. Let's go with the flow and see what happens. It's very nice to be here. This is good to get the opportunity to talk to the world and not just to each other. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I'm sort of in your hands, really, for you to ask me whatever questions you'd like to about what we do at Real Success or anything about Paul Harris uh, to try and help farmers to, as we know, manage their teams more effectively. So where do you want to start? Well, I reckon we start at the beginning. That's always a good place, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so I guess um, a good place, a good, a good question to ask you would be how, where this all started. So I, if I talk about you to other people, sometimes I talk, you know, talk about behind your back. Um, <laughs> and I refer to you as farming, Paul. So ah. I'll say, you know, farming, Paul, that I do some work with and people go farming, Paul. So it would be a natural assumption, I guess, for people to think that you've had a farming background. Ah. But there's a whole story to this, isn't there, as to how you've ended up doing what real success does tell us about that indeed indeed so yeah my background actually is not from farming at all it's actually uh, i worked in the uh, corporate world i guess in manufacturing in sales and marketing uh, for companies that made wallpaper and things like that for most of my career or hand tools anything you find in a b&q store uh, and i live in solihull just south of birmingham so not in a particularly rural area um, and when i started my own business uh, over 12 years ago now uh, i did the classic you know i'll start a training company is what I wanted to do when I left my sales and marketing career. Um, and I happened to be doing a workshop for Business Link, and there was two farm consultants there. Uh, and one particular slice of the workshop was how you build rapport with people, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and they came up to me afterwards and said, you know what? Our farmers really struggle sometimes to communicate effectively with their staff. Do you think you could help? And I sort of said, yep. Okay, no problem. So I uh, took the gig, as they say, turned up at this farm in my suit, 
to discover that there was no, <laughs> there was no meeting room, there was no overhead projector, there was no slide screen. Uh, and without sounding cheesy, the rest is history. I very quickly discovered that farmers generally struggle a little bit with how to manage staff. Animals, if you're a livestock farmer, or crops, if you're a, an arable type farmer, or even horticultural, you know, generally speaking, farmers know a lot about land and animals and the weather in particular. Get farmers talking about the weather. The oh, yes. about the, weather. Um, the bit that seemed to be missing was this understanding of how to communicate effectively with people. So from that point, which was 2013, I began to work much more closely, particularly on the dairy side. And we haven't looked back since. And now and for the last four or five years, we specialize only in working with agriculture and helping um, farmers to get more out of their their teams buy better communication, better recruitment strategies, all the HR stuff, that sort of stuff. So that's my story, how I got into it. But I say, really, it was by accident. And I fell into farming rather than actually uh, making it an intentional thing to do so. What a beautiful way to, to fall into it. So there's, there's a lot of consultancies that work with farmers and you know various different um, niches, I guess, people have within the farming industry. But real success is... It's about the people bit, isn't it? Yeah. Why is that something that you're passionate about? Well, again, coming from a sales and marketing background, I've always been fascinated by how we communicate with each other. And one of the key things in sales is to learn how to build rapport. So I was always fascinated by the psychology of selling, which really centers around how to communicate effectively. So that's the reason that, you know, I wanted to help people to communicate more effectively with either their teams or their clients. So I work with a lot of vet practices now as well, helping them to work more effectively with their, their farming clients. Um, but what I found quite quickly was that in the farming sector, most of the consultancy was around business or technical stuff. So you'll have, and people often refer to me as the people consultant, because you'll have your vet, which is your animal consultant. You've got your technical consultant who may come around and help you how to get more out of your land or your animals. Uh, and you've got your business consultant. But there was this gap of, well, who's helping the people side? And that's the bit that we've specialised in. So people often refer to me as a people consultant in this industry. Yeah. A bit like the people vet. <laughs> it is like the people vet, really. Yeah, I do sometimes refer to myself as the people vet when I'm trying to explain what we do. And particularly yeah. farmers get that then. Yeah, you've got the person that you call when you're having difficulties with your animals or your business or maybe your land. But who do you call when you've got a problem with the people that sounds a bit like ghostbusters doesn't it who do you, who do you need to call <laughs> um but we are the people vets yeah, exactly we come around and help you when you're having difficulty with your people so why do you think that's so important then this communication piece when there's so many other uh you know there's so many challenges in farming you know we've talked about the weather already we've got all sorts of changes in governmental policy and all of that we've got dare we say the B word, and then we've got the C word, and then we've got all the other... <laughs> Exit and COVID, words. yeah, absolutely. Um, there's all these uncontrollables. Um, but why, why does it make such a difference to work with people in the way that real success does? Well, I think that, well, I think all, anyone listening now, now, particularly if you're running a farming business, whenever I ask people, what is the biggest challenge you have on your farm? Ironically, they won't say the weather or the government or Brexit or COVID. Those are all definitely challenges, but they'll always say, oh, gosh, it's the staff. It's labour, you know, either finding labour. There's been some changes, as we know, with Brexit, making the access to overseas labour much 
much more difficult. Um, but not, not only the access to labor and, and recruiting labor, but then holding on to it, um, getting the people to do what you want them to do, um, creating dynamic teams. Those appear to be the biggest challenges that farmers have consistently when we ask them. And that's the area that we just focus on. We purely focus on the people. We know a lot about animals and land as well. When you've been around farming a long time, you learn that. So we understand the pressures of farming. But actually, what we're trying to do is help a farmer to just, first of all, recruit the right people. People often refer to me, actually, as the tinder of farming, which is a <laughs> bit like trying to find not only a body, anybody to come and work on the farm, but the right person to fit with your team. So we spend a lot of time using the resources and tools that we have to make sure we match the right um, candidate to the farm, because good retention starts with good recruitment if you get your recruitment wrong in the first place and the person doesn't fit that's when we get you know difficulties down the line so we just think and it can sound a bit cliched emma at times you know that um people are the center of every business even if you're a family business with mum and dad and son and daughter or small number of people you still need people to milk cows even if you've got robots you still need people to, to sweep up and clean up and look yeah. after the animals and care for the animals absolutely yeah. so we still need that human interaction so we're not going to be able to replace people but they're often not the center of the organization yet, yeah. and yet they, they need to be so that's why really we say people skills and communication skills are absolutely essential yeah um, there's also something else as well is people often say to me well why do people leave a business and you know yeah. All our research over the years I've been doing this suggests the main reason someone will leave your farm is you. <laughs> it's either you as a colleague or you as the leader or you as the boss and the way that we speak to people. It's not what we say, it's how we say what we say that puts people off. Um, and so consistently, we know that communication skills and man management skills are critical to holding on to staff. And that's quite hard to... Um, to really get people to understand, isn't it? When they when you have these conversations with farmers, farm managers, and so on, um, to to actually get across to them that people aren't leaving because they haven't got a GPS and in, in the latest tech and the tractors um, or whatever else, they're leaving because they want to feel a certain way about where they work, and they don't feel that way. Absolutely. And, and that what they then don't understand is that that's not fluffy. That's incredibly important because there's a real money sort of, you know, thing involved here in terms of what happens when you don't keep hold of someone. Absolutely. One of the classic phrases that drives me mad is people say, oh, we need to learn the soft skills. The skills of managing people yeah. are referred to as soft skills, mm -hmm. but they are the hard reality of profit. Mm -hmm. You know, we've done some research, and there's been some research done that says that on average, it can cost anything up to 15, anything between 15 and 30,000 pounds to replace somebody on you know, training and retrain them up and mistakes that new people make and management time. That's a hard reality, you know, 15,000 pounds for one person. And the, the, and the other thing as well is that people often misunderstand the investment in people. If you take somebody onto your farm and you pay them, let's just say, I don't know, 25,000 pounds a year for 10 years, they stay on your farm for 10 years. That's a quarter of a million pound investment without actually even providing them with accommodation. So sometimes, you know, farmers will spend a lot of time thinking about how do we, you know, which new tractor do we need to buy? Which new piece of kit we need to buy? Which animals we need to buy for a livestock farmer? And yet one individual, if they stay with you for 20 years, that could be a half million pounds investment. And yet we spend very little time 
often thinking about that and getting it right. So yes, you're right, Emma, it's the harsh reality. It's not a soft issue getting it wrong. You know, if you get it right, you save yourself a huge amount of money in terms of replacing people as well. Absolutely. So this is all good, you know, real, um, like we're saying, quite hard measure stuff here. But there's there's an there's an underlying heart as well that drives this business of yours, isn't there? Yeah. There's an underlying vision that actually is a much bigger thing that that you're trying to do for the industry. So yeah, absolutely. So again, if you haven't heard me speak from stage, if you're listening, I do speak on stage a lot, and I'm very passionate about the industry. And one of the things I see is just how exhausted so many farmers are and how little time sometimes they give themselves off to take time with their families. You know, and we did a, we exhibited at the cereal show in 2021 uh, and our message, and it's continued to be so, is our mission and my mission is to help farmers get their lives back. And what I mean by that is so many people in a sort of quite macho way at times talk, well, you know, 100 hours a week and we never get time off. Actually, I've seen families crumble because mum, dad, son, daughter are just not able to take the time off. And one of the reasons most farm, particularly the smaller farms, where they're unable to take the time off is they haven't got the right people in the farm. And if you've got the right people with the right skills, you should be able to take time off and you should be able to have hobbies and other things outside farming. We often laugh. I've got a number of farm consultants I talk to and often farmers refer to an off farm day as going to an exhibition or, or going to visit another farm. They're still all entrenched in the farm. Absolutely. Whereas I'm talking Selber. about, particularly if you've got a young family, how much time are you spending with your children? You know? So I think, yeah, one of the wider missions, as you say, um, Emma, is I'm really keen for our business to help the industry get things back into balance and also make it a really attractive industry that youngsters want to come and join. Not that it's all long hours and dirty work and, and hard work, but actually it's a thriving industry with incredible science and technology, with unbelievable financial packages if you provide accommodation for, for people. It's a great industry to be part of, but we need to make sure we're not exhausting people. And that starts at the top. You know, if you're running a farm right now and you're constantly exhausted, are you able to give your best? So we're trying to create a situation where if we develop the people correctly, hopefully the farm owners, the farm managers, the farm leaders, and indeed the farm workers themselves can actually take time away yeah. from the farm and even reduce the number of hours they're working potentially as well. I think that, you know, there's stuff about it being attractive for younger people. It's really fascinating. We, we um, did some work with a college farm, didn't we, on Friday, and, mm -hmm. and they were fantastic. And, you know, just the, the setup they've got there it's really inspiring you look at that website and it's just dead exciting and there's so much it has to offer but I just wonder whether there is do you think there is a stigma around this whole oh we work 100 hours a week we can't take I mean when we were at cereal show and we were offering people the potential to win a holiday the reaction we got was unbelievable and I'm wondering whether there is almost this stigma that means that you don't take time off partly because culturally within farming that's maybe frowned upon 
Yeah, it was fascinating, wasn't it? Well, as people were walking past, and and for those that weren't at the show, I'm sure many weren't, but there was it was what we were saying was look, we will give you a voucher to take a holiday as a prize, you know, um, and people would often scoff as they walked past. Oh, I haven't got time to take a holiday, as if it was some sort of badge of honour. And uh, I think that is a cultural piece that certainly we need to challenge. It's up to the industry whether it wants to change it, but I think to question that and say, look, why is that? Why do we need to work a hundred hours a week? If you have enough people and you're profitable enough, and I know there's a lot of reasons why farms can be struggling to make uh, profits, but if you're profitable enough, is it worth investing a little bit more in what I call the extra half unit of labor that will give people weekends off, will enable you to take time off, as opposed to sometimes running your unit at what I call half a unit below what you need, maybe because some of my colleagues on the finance side say, well, if you want to make more money, you know, do more yourself. That's not necessarily the long-term answer for your health and well-being. And we know too, don't we, that mental health in farming is, is a major challenge, you know, and particularly yeah. for young men who don't talk about it. We need to be facing up to that as well. That is long hours, exhaustion, part of one of the factors that is affecting the suicide rate in farming. So there's big issues here to address, all of which in this podcast over the next 12 months, I want us to tackle there's so much for us to get into. I love that. And, you know, it isn't just the, the personal mental health that it's affecting. If you are, if you are running on, on fumes, you, you can't sustain long-term a really profitable, you know, balanced farm or any kind of business. You know, you have to be, you have to have plenty of fuel in the tank. And it, it, if you haven't, Things are going to unravel over time, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's, farm and... yeah, it's been well proven that rest is really important. And when I look at the industry, one of the few industries that just doesn't seem to rest, partly because it's a 365 days a year job. You know, if you're a livestock farmer, the cows have got to be milked on Christmas Day, you know. So we get that. But the place for rest is so important that exactly you don't make the best decisions no. when you're exhausted. And we know in certain types of farming, whether it's harvest or whether it's calving periods, there are periods of long days. But then when we get to the quieter periods of the year, are you taking time off? Are you saying to the team, come on, you've done, the work's done, you can leave at four o'clock now. Now, that then leads into issues around do we pay salaries, do we pay people by the hour? That's another debate for another podcast, maybe. But all these are the issues that farming needs to face up to if it's going to have a robust yeah. future and particularly encourage young people with young families to come and work in farming we can't just exhaust people and spit them out at the end we've got to say look this is an amazing industry to be part of let's look after you absolutely so what would you say would be some of the biggest issues that you come across with clients with farming clients yeah so i mean consistently i mean generally we get a telephone call to say look someone's left or we need to move somebody on uh, you know someone just doesn't seem to fit into the team. And that could be, you know, it could be skills and knowledge, but often it's attitude, it's alignment, they don't quite fit uh, correctly. Um, so often what we've realized is the biggest reason, as I said before, people leave is they can't get on with people around them. And we've got a tool that we've developed purely for agriculture that helps us farmers particularly to first of all understand themselves. 
Because if you don't understand how you're wired and how you prefer to work and communicate, how can you understand others? So misunderstanding of each other is one of the biggest challenges that I think farming has. Um, that would be the first one, I would say. Uh, and then the second one would be everything we would refer to around working conditions, working hours, you know, a safe place to work. Um, I always remember when I first joined, uh, my very first, I'll tell the story about toilets. I often talk about this when I'm on stage. <laughs> so if you're having your breakfast or your lunch, you might want to um, uh, just pause for a second. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I, I asked when I first joined a farm was, can I pop to the loo? You know, a perfectly reasonable question to ask, isn't it? And when I asked where the toilet was, the male farmer owner referred to, he said this, he said, anywhere you like. And I said, sorry, he said, anywhere you like. We just tend to go around the back of the shed. And that sort of epitomised to me that some of the challenges that we have if we're going to engage females into the industry. If, yeah, to have a decent working toilet that isn't filthy dirty without any running water, I don't understand why farmers can't provide that. So some of the other reasons people leave a farm are purely simply because the working conditions are just too unpleasant. There's nowhere to have a sandwich. There's nowhere dry to sit and have my lunch. I have to sit in my car. You know, there's some really simple things we can do as well as learning how to communicate that will make the farm and make you as a farmer the employer of choice. So you mentioned Vita. Tell me more about Vita. What is Vita? Ah, right. I did. Yes, I did mention uh, the, the profiling tool, which, as you say, is called Vita. And for those watching on video, you can see it behind me here, Vita profiling. So Vita profiling is my profiling system that I've designed based around a lot of the other systems that are out there. There's some great personality profiling systems out there. Many people will have heard of DISC and Insights and Myers-Briggs. Uh, there's lots of other systems, all using similar technology. But what I did with Vita, when I joined the sort of got involved in agriculture, I realized that all those systems could really help farming. Yeah. The challenge is they're often built around what the corporate world likes. Um, so uh, a, Insights is a fantastic tool and it delivers a brilliant report, but that often can be really long, 25, 30, 40 pages long. And what I realized is that for farming, for people who are just getting into this, we just need the basics. Give me the, how do I talk to Emma? How do I talk to Paul? Why, are they, why is Emma responding like she is? Why is she bursting into tears every time I ask her to do something, you know? And what you need, therefore, is a, is a simplified version. So Vita is not a dumbed down version because it has exactly the same level of accuracy, but it's a simple one page four paragraph report so if you've got a team of 10 people you've got 10 pages to read not potentially a thousand pages to read which is just not going to happen so what it does it gives us a very clear picture very quickly of how someone is likely to want to work how they prefer to be communicated to and how you can get the best out of them we talk about um, their preferred working environment their preferred communication style how they'll fit in with the team and sort of an overview of their personality this is our absolute bedrock. And I almost say to people, if, you know, what's your people challenge? The answer is profiling. What's the question? <laughs> because if we understand our teams first, we can then everything else can follow on from that, from how we give feedback to how we do a personal review. Everything has to center around you understanding, first of all, how you prefer to be spoken to. So some people like to be just get straight to the point, can be quite direct. Others are far more sensitive and need to have things explained to them. Some people prefer lots of detail. Others provide the overview. Many of you will understand this. You'll have come across it before. So Vita enables farmers to get to that information really quickly and really simply. Yeah. 
it is it is very different i think in in lots of ways actually than the myriad of fantastic tools there are out there and one of the things that really strikes me about it is that like you say some of the others where you'll get reams and reams of stuff to read which is fab and it's great information in the corporate world but when you've got a high pressured farming unit to run you haven't you simply haven't got the time and actually what what vita i think does is gives people a tool that actually they can probably take a stab at themselves so when i've run it in the team dynamics workshop I had a comment the other day um, of, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Does, is this what psychics learn? <laughs> <laughs> because it's that intuitive and it's that good and it's that simple. But what happens almost every time is that people after the workshop say, oh, there's this person that I know or work with or live with. And I think they're an adventurer or an investigator or whatever. And they will have got so into it in the space of half a day. Um, in a in a workshop that they'll be not only fired up about it but will be able to make educated guesses about people they know and I think exactly. that makes it super accessible and, and I think you're right I think the the absolute key with with profiling and, and just to be clear other profiling systems are available um, but in terms of you know my message here is understand your team and understand yourself and what you need yes is a simple tool to do that and Vita which stands for visionary investigator, team maker, and adventurer. So the visionary is the person that just likes to crack on. Let's not talk about it forever. Uh, the investigator is the person that likes to have a little bit more detail and some structure and some planning to the day. Gets very frustrated when people don't put the hose back correctly in the uh, parlor. Um, we've got the team maker that wants to make sure everyone's happy and is often a good listener and doesn't like conflict. And the adventurer that is just full of ideas, gets bored really easily, but is full of energy at times. Once you understand, and we, we're all a blend of all of those, by the way we're not sort of pigeonholed or labeled into one of those we're often a mix when we discover what we lead with and in insights it would be red blue green and yellow and they have different phrases for that the psychology is the same it's based around Carl Jung's psychology and um, when we know that we can flex our style to get the best out of the people and particularly when you're recruiting if you know that what I call the map of the team the set of personalities you've got you're going to know whether a new person is going to be able to fit in comfortably with that team or whether you'll need to make adjustments if you're the leader what do I need to say to this person how do they want to be managed and it's just giving that information in as quick and easy way as possible and you're quite right even the most skeptical farm worker that comes along to a workshop with folded arms and grumpy face by the time we finished the workshop they go wow I just wish I'd known this 20 years ago yeah. I wish I'd known it when I left school I think it should be taught to graduates yeah, you know you're coming from university into the place of work you're going to meet people different to you and it's not about labeling people it's about understanding people I think that's one of the key messages as well isn't it that there's no right or wrong style it's like you say it's about flexing and using the best of us um, and our own individuality to allow us to you know feel better more happy in our work our communication and therefore be able to adapt and adjust to other people as well and exactly. um, I think it's very tempting particularly in recruitment to you know to be to think oh well you know I need to answer this this test like this because this will be what they're looking for and actually Vita isn't doesn't do that it allows everybody to be who they really are but helps the whole team maximize on what the good stuff is that everybody's got to offer exactly i talk about in any team you need to 
accentuate the positives and diminish the negatives. So there are always going to be differences. There will always be conflicts in teams because we're different. They can have that in families. You know, often the, the you know, I, what's really sad for me is that sometimes in farming families, a member of the family can often be the second generation leave a farm because they think they can't work with mum and dad whereas actually all they needed to know was they were wired differently yes there's always family dynamics involved but actually so many sons and fathers fall out because they're just wired differently and they get frustrated with the dad that doesn't want to change anything and the son that wants to change everything and they actually once we understand that we can often break down those issues and work together far more effectively reducing your, you know, your staff recruitment requirements, retaining your staff, keeping the best people, all that sort of stuff, and training them as well, of course, keeping people invested by training them constantly. Mm. So I've got another question for you. This might be a curveball, but it's leading somewhere, and you may or may not know where I'm leading to with this. But here's your curveball question. If you had the choice now to go to to work with corporate clients instead of farms how would that feel to you that's a really interesting question i mean it depends what you mean by corporate because yeah. that's a very broad term so within the farming industry there's the whole supply chain you know? yeah. there's, the, there's 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 vet practices that you could argue are not farmers so i'm very open. let's say your typical finance telecoms da, 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 da. you know if you if you had to leave farming and go into that world how would that feel to you i think um i think it depends but i mean i am really focused on helping the agricultural sector that's what it's people often say once you get into farming it's like a drug it's like it hooks yeah. you in and i know you found that as well you get excited oh, yeah. uh, by it now. and i think where i am really in terms of legacy I, I want to make a difference to this industry and i want my business to make a difference to this industry um whereas you know can i make a difference to the finance industry or the telecoms industry possibly but i th really think there's there's things that we and other consultants that are working to help the industry can can make to agriculture and particularly for us at real success we're really interested at the sharp end the on-farm issues yes we'll work with supply chain yes we'll help vets to understand their farmers but we're really committed to helping the sharp end of farming those exhausted farm owners and farm leaders they've got no time off and need to get their lives back that's the area i want my business to really help so that in Five, 10 years time when, my, when I'm long retired or whatever, we can say actually real success made a difference to that industry. Yeah. That's certainly sort of my personal mission. I, and I, you're absolutely right. I think it, it, there is something addictive and enchanting about farming, you know, not in a sort of idyllic, you know, uh, fairy story way, but there is something about the industry that absolutely pulls you in. And the place it was leading to this, this question of mine was, um, to give you an opportunity really to talk about your values, the real success values, because they are something that are very close to my heart. And I think is where some of the difference that you want to make in the industry can come from. Yeah. OK, thank you. I mean, I think it's for those that are listening and are interested in this sort of stuff, often where somebody's coming from and their intention behind why they're doing what they're doing is quite important. And we have three very simple values at Real Success or three phrases that are almost our values. The first one is we think simply. 
So we try to uncomplicate things. You know, I think in consultancy and coaching, a lot of the time, there's a sort of the, you try and create this mystical view that you are the genius, the guru almost. And we're not, you know, the people who are out there working every day are the geniuses. So we just try and create simple tools, not overcomplicate them to help farmers to be more effective. The second one is we act bravely which means that when you're dealing with families, sometimes you've got to go into quite uncomfortable places to help farming families or, or people to overcome conflict. And we're brave enough to step into that in an authentic way, which is leading to our third value, which is to be real. So being real is about not pretending to be something we're not. And if we can't help, we don't have the answer. We don't try and make out that we do, but we'll try and find somebody that can help. So, you know, there are certain areas when, you know, it gets really quite serious, particularly around mental health, where you need to pull in the right people. So we will be real, though. And we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning every single day this people stuff because, you know, in terms of psychology and how we manage people, we're learning all the time. So those three values of think simply is particularly where Vita came from. Just make it simple, stupid. Um, Act bravely is being prepared to step into places that are sometimes uncomfortable for families and for, for teams and just be real. Just be who you are. Don't try and be somebody that you're not. Uh, you know, I just believe in humility, really, and actually not trying to be some sort of big headed business owner that thinks he's got all the answers. We don't. What we have got is some great questions. And when we ask yeah. those questions of farmers, we can often help them to find the answers. Does that make sense? Emma? It really does. And I can feel three themed podcasts brewing here <laughs> on each of those values I think the be real one particularly for me is what has pulled me so you know passionately into the industry because it is a place where you can be real and actually you need to be real it's really important yeah you um, don't last very long on a farm I think if you're trying to be the big I am or no. you know there's a huge sense of humility with farming and I think I love that you know and and so many farmers if you're a livestock farmer you have the animals you know very much at the forefront of your because they are they're the production line of your business but there's a real caring nature which often is misunderstood outside of farming you know and outside of the country life people and i live in just south of a big city near birmingham you know, a lot of my friends just don't understand the level of work and commitment farmers have to their land to their livestock to their staff at many many times often to the detriment detriment of themselves so i love that about farming it's that very real it's why i think people like the jeremy clarkson um oh the, you know, whatever you think about jeremy clarkson and of course he's a tv presenter what he did show he showed in his if you haven't watched it by the way get onto amazon and watch clarkson's oh, farm yeah, definitely. It, it just gives a much rawer version of what farming is really about and some of the challenges than maybe um you know the slightly um fluffed up version you might see on country farm which is still really yeah, important the bbc it, version it doesn't quite give you the hard edge so that's yeah. what i love about farming it's the realness and the rawness of people that work in it i agree can we talk about your faith and what place that has in your business interesting question for those that are interested um yeah i am a uh, i'm a christian um i became a christian in 2017 i say became a christian i've been a christian all my life really but like many people i think questioned a lot of religion so i would say i'm a, a person of faith rather than a person of religion but what that does for me it gives me a moral framework i guess and to be honest whether you're a Muslim, a Hindu, a Sikh, a Jewish, a Jew, or a humanist, you know, no faith. It, whatever your 
grounding is it gives you a basis on which your value set sometimes comes out of so my faith is important to me in terms of my value set and what i'm trying to be every day is a better person than i was the previous day um and for for those listening if you've got some moral framework where does that come from you know it doesn't have to come from religion mine happens to but my faith and the teachings of particularly jesus christ are important to me and i don't hide that anymore but i also don't shove it down people's throats it's not the first thing that will come out when you get to meet me but it certainly forms the basis of some of the values of our business yeah and it is who you are through and through isn't it it's in the fabric it isn't something you just you know talk about it's something you live in the absolute inner fabric of everything in your life and try it's, to you know, yeah it's it's, it's yeah. one of those things that i say try to yoda says there's no such thing as try you should just do it very good impression of yoda <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and i think you know you just need to be a good person and that and i hate look you know i'm i'm not perfect and nobody is <clears throat> i've made lots of mistakes in my life but i think you know as i get to my mid 50s i'm trying to make a positive difference mm. to the world you know and i think agriculture can do that it's an amazing industry we grow food for people you know we're feeding the world you know it is an inc- so for me it's a it's a genuine privilege and therefore because i was no way i ever planned to be in farming that's where partly my faith fits in is how on earth did i end up here and maybe there was some sort of cosmic plan for me to end up here but i'm just delighted to be here and trying to help this industry yeah. that's amazing so I'm going to ask you to move to a section of the podcast podcast I'm now going to think of from here on in as Paul's Pearls of Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So if you had a couple of key tips for people out there who are listening or watching this, what would they be? Okay, so there's two that come straight to mind, and, and I've almost covered them already, really, so I'm going to really try to hammer them home. The first one is the, the key to getting more out of people is to see people as the center of your business, irrespective of whether you've got livestock or land or you know whatever that livestock might be, pigs, beef, cows, sheep, or whether you're growing crops or you're growing vegetables, people are the center of your business. And until you really see that and own it, people will always feel they're a sideline to your business. So the first thing is make a decision to make people the center of your business. The second one then is once you've done that, make a decision to understand the people in your business, either through a tool like we've talked about or talking to people, but just take the time to understand what motivates your team, what how they want to be spoken to, how they want to be managed. That you know, the, the hour that we have as a in the review process that we facilitate for people, everyone says to me afterwards, Oh my God, so much came out of that. Well, yes, because you sat and listened for an hour. <laughs> so if you you know listen to what people are saying and take the time to understand them, those two things of making people the center of your business, taking time to understand who they are and what their needs are, and beyond them as well, their families and what their interests are, you will get so much more out of them that you will see an uplift on your bottom line. This is not just about making it a nice place to work. This is about hard-nosed profitability. When people feel valued and motivated, they make less mistakes. So, you know, you're going to have less antibiotic milk in the tank if you're a dairy farmer. You'll, they'll spot mastitis more frequently. They won't bust tractors if they're r- racing around feeling demotivated. When we cut corners. Absolutely. Yeah. It is, this is not soft skills. This yeah. is the hard reality of 
getting more out of your business is start with your people. So those would be my two tips. First of all, make them the center of your business. And secondly, make a pledge to understand them. That's beautifully aligned with a thought I had this morning, actually, about some some of the stuff I do with with my clients. And and actually, the words I said to myself was, as a leader, you need to make a decision. And it was exactly that, that decision that I am going to put people at the center of everything in this mm-hmm. business and that is absolute key to unlock unlocking any you know any version of success I absolutely think. absolutely fantastic well thank you very much paul for letting me delve into your psyche <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know i think i don't know how we've been talking for possibly nearly three quarters of an hour but for those who are still listening i hope you stuck with it and you found that interesting and i'll look up at the camera now because i've realized i've been looking at you for a lot of the time emma um <laughs> for those that are listening and watching then i hope that's just giving you a bit of an insight not only into real success but more importantly to the work that we're doing and you can do on your farm that can make a difference and in subsequent episodes now we're going to have more episodes of of the happy people happy farm podcast we'll delve into lots more of these issues in a real practical sense and give you tips techniques on how you can recruit more effectively how you can interview and get the person you expected not the person that seemed to be not the person you interviewed things like that we'll talk about all of those over the next few months and i really hope you stay with us uh, and uh, listen and take as much as you can from the time that we have together so emma thank you for questioning me uh, this has been unscripted okay. we hadn't planned the questions i gave emma free range so i hope it's <laughs> been helpful to people and i look forward to speaking to you all again really soon thanks emma thank you paul Thanks for listening to this episode of Happy People, Happy Farm podcast by me, Paul Harris from Real Success. I really hope it's given you some insights, ideas, and maybe some inspiration to help you in your business. You can find out how we help farmers to recruit, develop, and retain their staff by going to www.real-success.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Harris Coach. If you have any questions or observations about this podcast or suggestions for people for us to interview, just drop me an email at paul at real-success.co.uk. See you next time.